Well, it was a joy to welcome back our good friend and seminarian, Mr. Darren Balky. Uh, and just so you know, I don't know if he wants me to tell you this or not, but it's his birthday, so be sure to tell him happy birthday on his way out. Also, he's brought with him seminarian Isaiah Cowan from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. The two of them are second-year theologians at Mount St. Mary's of the West, which is the seminary there in Cincinnati, Ohio. And it is wonderful to welcome you back, Darren, and Isaiah, welcome to Sacred Heart. So, what a great time. I actually said this about them last night. It's funny with seminary, where you think they're being prepared for the priesthood, but it's like, here, we've just entered into Lent, which is like spring training, the busiest time of the year for the priest. So it's like, guys, take some time off, just like in the priesthood right now. But uh, it's so good to have them here and to have them around and, and just to be with them. You know, here we are on the first Sunday of Lent, and I think we get... As the first reading, obviously one of the central saddest points in all of human history, when you hear the words on the lips of the serpent that question, did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? And it's from there that sort of like the downfall begins, because when you think about it, I mean, obviously... It's a lie. I mean, he's, he's putting out there a little bit of a doubt in our first parent's mind about the goodness of God. I mean, did God really tell you that you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? Now, if you step back from that for a second, of course he didn't. That's ridiculous. Like, why would God make all of the trees of the garden and then say, no, you can't eat them at all? I mean, in that fact, why would he have created them in the first place? But the devil isn't really concerned about the truth, hence we call him the father of lies. He inserts this doubt into our first parent's mind, and of course the doubt leads to a consideration, to a thought, and then into an action, where Adam and Eve reach out and take matters into their own hands. They doubt the goodness of God. They reach out and take the fruit. They eat of the tree that God told them not to. The relationship breaks down, and here we find ourselves in 2020 still experiencing the effects of that original sin, still experiencing the fall as we continue to walk through this valley of tears. And it all began with the devil inserting this doubt about the goodness of God. And then, of course, we flash forward to the gospel for today, in which we see Jesus Christ, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, God from God, light from light, fully human, fully divine, entering into temptation with the same devil. And the devil is up to his same damn tricks, right? He says to them, to Jesus, just like he did with our first parents, did God really tell you you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? What does he say to Jesus? If you are the son of God, right? Right away, trying to insert that doubt into the relationship between the son and the father. Right away, trying to insert this sort of like doubting of the goodness of God. If you are the son of God, prove it, right? Right away, trying to get in there and break things up. Of course, our Lord won't have any of it. What does he do time and again? He refers him back to the love of God. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. The second one, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And finally, the Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Our Lord is having none of the doubt and clings to the love 
of his heavenly father. And as we know, at the end of the temptations, he is clearly the victor. And I don't think we have any doubts about that. The devil flees and goes away. Jesus has very clearly won the battle, right? At the end of the temptations, he is the one who's won. But at the same time, there's like a certain level of just dissatisfaction, I guess you could say, when you look at the temptations, because at the end of it all, the questions of the devil still kind of remain, right? When our, when our Lord finishes up here, even though he didn't turn stones into bread, we know that there's still world hunger, right? We know that people do still lack for their food. You know, and he didn't put our Lord to the test, but we still don't know what God is always up to. We don't know how our Lord is leading us. And all of those kingdoms and their magnificence, all right, I'm sure the ones back then weren't exactly perfect, and I would say that our kingdoms today are not perfectly virtuous and wonderful, right? I mean, that's why politician jokes work, because we know that, yeah, they're not always wonderful folks, right? We know that we still live in a fallen world, and so the question is, even though Jesus has won this battle, what did he actually do? What did he actually accomplish in overcoming the devil in the temptations. Well, I don't think anybody sums that up better than Pope Benedict XVI, who in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, has a wonderful chapter on the temptations. I highly recommend you read it. I quoted it at length in the bulletin today. You know, I'd rather just like read you the whole book, but I can't do that. But this is what he says about the conclusion of the temptations. He says, what did Jesus actually bring? If not world peace, universal prosperity, and a better world. What has he brought? The answer is very simple. God. He has brought God. Now, that sounds like, okay, that should seem kind of obvious, right? But the thing is, when we look at our day-to-day lives, do we see God at the heart of everything? How easy it is as we move about in our routines, our actions, all sorts of things, to let the doubts of the devil, just like they were to our first parents and as they were to our Lord in the temptations, how often do we doubt his presence? How often do we jump into sin or jump into other things to find satisfaction rather than God? The Pope continues on, it is only because of our hardness of heart that we think this is too little. Yes, indeed, God's power works quietly in this world, but it is the true and lasting power. Again and again, God's cause seems to be in its death throes. Yet over and over again, it proves to be the thing that eternally endures and saves. What Jesus has come to bring us is what ultimately fulfills us, what ultimately leads us to happiness and peace. He's brought us himself. He's brought us God. And to stop at the beginning of Lent and reflect on that fact, I think is so important. We're going to spend some time as we move through the Sundays of Lent, looking at those individual temptations some more. But I think it's important right out of the gates to stop and reflect on what he has brought us. He's brought us God. Now, in these opening days of Lent, I think it's, you know, kind of tough to all of a sudden change things a little bit, right? I think from Ash Wednesday until today are the hardest days of the whole liturgical year. Why do I say that? A, when you give stuff up and you're telling your body no, like it rebels, right? You know, and I'm embarrassed every year to think like, 
how much I'm bound to the stuff that I'm giving up, how hard it is to tell myself no. It's always like, oh yeah, I can step away from this anytime and then do it. And it's tough, right? And the reason I say it's also hard in these couple of days is because today is the first Sunday of Lent, right? It's like those first days are just this sort of like bonus tacked on. It's even called Thursday after Ash Wednesday. It's like we haven't even entered into Lent yet. It's like, okay, now the 40 days can begin. (sighs) It's tough, you know? And so often it's like we look for our fulfillment in things that can't possibly give it. It's sort of like the mystery that's there in society. We always think we can find, you know, satisfaction and happiness and all sorts of things, but it's the mystery in the fact that so many people who have no wants whatsoever, have more money than they know what to do with, and all of a sudden, they're dissatisfied. They fall into alcohol, they fall into drugs, they fall into various addictions, suicide even enters in, and on the other side of the coin, you've got like the missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's sisters, who have nothing who spend time with our Lord every day and serve the poor, they're like the happiest people in the world. Why is that? Because they have God. And ultimately, that is what we're striving to get back to in this time of year, to once again step aside from all of the stuff, all of the different things going on in our life, and to recognize that Jesus has brought us what will ultimately save us himself. If you think back to the first day of Lent, just a couple days ago, of Ash Wednesday, the opening prayer really sets the tone well for all of these 40 days. It said this, Grant, O Lord, that we may begin with holy fasting this campaign of Christian service, so that as we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. And that's the thing. It is a campaign. We do have to strive hard against those spiritual evils to recognize the fact that in our life, we've been given God. And how easy it is to forget that. How easy it is to, like Pope Benedict said, think that that's too little. But the good news for us is that it's not. That ultimately we've been given something that is so great and to take some time to step aside from the norm and really enter into Lent, telling ourselves no, working on those weapons of self-restraint to do what? To cling once again to our Lord. Is that easy? No. But ultimately he came to show us that he won this battle. We're going to see at a more opportune time, the devil will come again. And rather than tempting him with comfort, he'll tempt him away from the Father with the torture that is the cross. But once again, our Lord will cling to our Heavenly Father and invites us to do the same thing. My brothers and sisters in Christ, he has brought us God. That is, he is, who will ultimately make us happy. May all of us during this season shed the things that have taken us away from him, shed the doubts that the devil has tried to plant in our hearts, and cling once again to God, who has come to bring us himself. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.